Welcome to Locked On Flames. Today we recap another Game 1 win for the Calgary Flames as they topped the Stars 3-2 yesterday. Plus, we take a deep dive into the play of Milan Lucic, who has been red hot, and we look back on a memorable marathon between the Lightning and Blue Jackets. I'm Jess Belmosto, alongside Sean Lavery. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on Flames for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episodes of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. So, 3-2 win. We love to see it. Do you have love any? To see it. Yeah. Do you have any initial reactions to the game or anything, you know, off the cuff? Yeah, like my first reaction, and I think we've kind of been guilty of being pessimistic as a as a show, at least when it comes to the Flames. But I definitely was not expecting the start they had, and it was a great choice by Jeff Ward to start his third line of Lucic, Bennett, and Dubé, who were ended up being the best line of the night last night, but their start, or I guess yesterday afternoon, but their start was amazing. And I wasn't really expecting that carryover from the Jet series. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought the Flames would let a little air out of the tire and come out a little flat, but they really showed the difference in intensity compared to the Stars. And I'm not sure how much of that is the Flames having the opportunity to play the qualifying round while Dallas played the round robin, which probably were less intense, or how much of that was literally just you know, the third line of Lucic, Dubé, and Bennett being so good. And they've had a great playoffs. And, you know, yesterday was one of their better games by far, for sure. So if not their best game, um, that was, I guess, my initial reaction to the game was just surprised at how much carryover, like positive carryover there was from the Winnipeg series into game one against Dallas. Definitely. And I think, again, you know, a game one win really gives them some momentum, even more momentum, really, behind what they already have. And just the fact that they were able to hold it together after those uh, two goals. <laughs> and yes. um, it was really nice to see. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of not giving the Flames the benefit of the doubt. And, you know, they, they shut me up yesterday. I know. And, like, the, the two goals that you mentioned, like, that was – I was working during the game, so I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing until earlier this morning. I rewatched it, but I was working and it was two nothing. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like the flames are doing well. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they've got off to a good start. And then I turned my head and it's two, two. Now, obviously there was a bunch of time between two, nothing and two, two, but it ended up being two, two very quickly. It was only nine seconds. And for the flames to not crumble after that is, you know, full marks to them. And, you know, especially for someone like Cam Talbots, who, his first period was rather slow for sure. Like he didn't get tested much at all. And then the second period kind of, and then it's two nothing and you're like, dude, holy crap. So for the team not to crumble and then Talbot as an individual, not to crumble after that, um, it, it takes a lot in the playoffs to, to stay strong after you blow a two goal lead. And, you know, we can ask the Toronto Maple Leafs about all this. <laughs> so um, I texted some friends in Toronto saying, Hey, do you guys see the flames game? They blew a lead, but still won. So take some notes. So um, good on them. Like it's, it's tough to do in the playoffs with the momentum swings of a series. That's one thing, but the individual game, it's a whole nother thing to manage. So they managed it well. I thought. Yeah. I'm really impressed with how it went and just really overall the, the performance from team as a whole. How about Dallas? Like, did Dallas do anything for you at all? Because for me, I was like, wow, they are they're not that great. Like, they, we kind of previewed the series as, you know, they're a defensive team, at least in the regular season they were. And then in game one, like, you know, the third line of Dubé, Bennett, and Lucic, who have been playing very well all playoffs, they 
pretty much dominated the stars. Um, and, and, you know, if you're going to be that team who is second in the league defensively, I don't know if that's the line that's necessarily going to dominate you. So the stars did not show me much from their, from their supposed strength of defense. And then offensively, like look at their two goals. They were, you know, you could essentially say flukes, uh, wrist shots from the blue lines that took bounces or, you know, yeah. funny goals, like not Cam Talbot's fault necessarily at all. And, you know, it wasn't bad defense by the flames per se. Um, so, I mean, the stars, it's, it's only one game, but through one game, they haven't shown me much. No, it definitely uh, closed the margin for the margin of error from the flames. Like, you know, like they, I don't know how to explain it, but like they, the stars stunk. So like the flames were going to look better than them pretty much regardless of how they played. I feel like. Right. Now, to be fair to the stars, like it was technically their, their first playoff intensity level game. So um, I'm not going to say this is how the series is going to go and it's going to be a quick four game sweep, but you know, if the stars in game two, don't pick it up, then it's, it's going to be a pretty quick one for the flames, which would obviously be nice for Calgary. But um, you know, Dallas still has Jamie Ben who mm-hmm. we saw, he got bumped pretty good by Lucci, Jan Anderson. Um, Tyler Sagan was pretty quiet. Joe Pavelski, I think showed a little bit of, you know, his, his old school scoring touch. And then, you know, Corey Perry, it was, it was mm-hmm. game one almost like, I remember our, our Kachuk and Perry conversation. Okay. It literally came to life in the first period. So um, that's over and done with Corey Perry kind of got his licks in with Kachuk <laughs> and Kachuk kind of won that fight. So, yeah, I mean, Dallas has a lot of a, uh, not rebuilding, not rebuild, but like kind of adjustments to make. And yeah, they had a good second period to be fair to them. Like their first period stunk badly, but their second period, they rebounded well, but in the third period, it all just kind of felt neutral and lifeless. So, um, you know, good credit to Calgary, but we do know their record in game twos. They've, they haven't won a game two since 2004. So yeah. Dallas pretty much has it set up on a tee for a bounce back performance. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, they break this curse tomorrow because I would um, quite enjoy to see a game two win from the Flames. <laughs> um, but I think, I, I don't know. Uh, the Are we going to see Hudobin in net more than we will see Ben Bishop? Yeah, that's a weird one because... I was so confused. Bishop was the backup, correct? So yeah. Hudobin started... And it kind of feels like Bishop had some injury issues, but if he's injured, but healthy enough to back up, why not start him? Like, you know, Hudobin, Bishop was the majority starter for the stars during the regular season. Mm -hmm. Hudobin, it is a 1A, 1B situation in Dallas. Um, Hudobin did play some, but not as much as Bishop. Hudobin ended up having better numbers in the regular season than Bishop. So, I mean, if, if, if Bishop is a backup for health reasons, that's one thing, but if, Bishop was the backup because they liked Hudobin more than, you know, Dallas is in a similar goaltending situation to Calgary, but prior to the whole qualifying round starting and Cam Talbot playing really well, um, you know, if, if they go to Bishop too quickly, that could almost be a negative where it's kind of showing lack of confidence in Hudobin and lack of confidence right. in the team overall. Right. So it's a tricky balance for that Dallas coaching staff to manage right now. Um, I, I'm guessing we're going to see Kudobin in game two. Um, I don't want to necessarily fault him for really any of the Flames goals. Uh, Brian Burke mentioned on the Sportsnet panel during intermissions that Ben Bishop would have stopped, I think, the two Dubé goals, like both of them, literally both the Dubé's goals. I'm not sure if I'm on the same page as 
Berkey on that one, but um, I, I think I would be surprised to see Bishop in game two. I, I'm, I'm going to place a bet that it would be Kadobin, but I, I've been proven wrong before. I said we we're going to see Flames, both of the Flames goalies against Winnipeg, and we've only seen Cam Talbot so far, which is which has been a positive. So don't yeah. trust my goaltending analysis at all. <laughs> Basically, this show is uh, like goaltending chaos. So I feel like the stars are really like a good, like it's a good pocket of the internet for us to like yes. thrive off of. Yes, the dark corners of hockey is goaltending and <laughs> that's where we thrive. Another place where the Flames have thrived, Jess, is your boy Milan Lucic. Yes. Um, we're going to get into him next. He's had a very great playoffs. He's on a five-game point streak. We'll tell you who the last Flame to have a five-game playoff point streak is. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. Now, we've talked, Jess, plenty about the different parts that the Flames are relying on to succeed. But what needs like 10 times more parts than a hockey team is a vehicle. A vehicle needs thousands of parts. And the one place you should go to get all the parts for your uh, vehicle to be fixed is rockauto.com. From the comfort of your own couch, you can go to rockauto.com and find all the parts your car will ever need. And it doesn't matter if you have an obscure maker model, they have everything for you. Their catalog is virtually endless. Rockauto.com, they'll have the right part for you no matter no matter what. And best of all, you know you're going to get the great deal that you would be unable to find at the big box stores. And if you don't believe me, here is an example. The Delphi fuel pump assembly unit, which was for the Honda Odyssey minivan, that cost over $350 at the big box store. On rockauto.com, that exact same part was just $216. Jess, that's a saving of $130, over $130. Wow. If you had $130 in your pocket right now, what would you do with it? Um probably order some pizza and wings i knew it would be food related because i would do the exact same thing mine would be food related as well uh go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Locked on Flames continues. Don't forget to follow Sean and I on Twitter. I'm at Jessica Belmosto and Sean is Sean underscore Lavery. So I am seeing 2011 Milan Lucic out on the ice in 2020 right now. Yeah, that was going to be my big question for you because what was that? I was a kid in 2011 and I think you're younger than me. So you were probably younger still, but anyways, you watched that series of probably a little, or that whole playoff run in 2011, a little closer than I did. How, like, I guess on a, on a percentage basis, I guess, how similar is Lucic in 2020 to what he is in 2011? Um, you know, I would say that it's very close, probably like 85 to 90 percent um really the only factor being like age i guess but i see so much of him like not from nine years ago now and that's crazy to me i think that you know him having five points in five games or five points in five playoff games Mm -hmm. is absolutely phenomenal for him considering he had you know a stretch in edmonton where he had like two goals in 80 games or whatever it was and it's really great to see it's awesome yeah like when you compare it to the way his time in calgary started to where he is at now and james neal's out of the playoffs with the oilers but lucic is still in and thriving where you know prior to that it was the opposite where neal was thriving and lucic Mm -hmm. was kind of a laughing stock and so were the flames for acquiring him 
Um, he's on that five-game point streak that you mentioned, Jess, in the playoffs. The last flame to do that was Jerome McGinley back in 2006. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously very great company um, to be in. We, you know, and I think when we first started doing the podcast together, we were talking about how the break would benefit old guys like Mark Giordano. Um, I'm not sure if Lucic was involved in that conversation too much at all, but like, what do you think is behind this, you know, reinvigorated Lucic? Is it having some time off and kind of having rested legs to, to rely upon at the most crucial time? Or is he just like excited to be in the playoffs again and helping a Calgary team who is trying to, you know, kind of prove themselves after poor playoffs in the past. Like what's, what's behind all of this? Um, You know, I think he has a time machine and he decided to go back to 2011. Nice. Like freeze himself and then like come back. But no, in all seriousness, I do think that it is the excitement of the playoffs and just the fact that he is in such a, good organization like these guys have a phenomenal amount of chemistry and the rest probably did benefit him big time so I think it's a combination of all three yeah for sure and we can like already see Jeff Ward and the coaching staff like trust I don't know if trust is the right word but like maybe reward Lucic for all his great play um, during the regular season, he only took 46 face-offs. And in five playoff games so far, he's already taken 29 face-offs. So, you know, he's getting more responsibility in the face-off circle. Um, I think the line mates, Sam Bennett, is playing like Sam Bennett in the playoffs usually does, which is um, physical and, you know, a big positive for the Flames. And then Dylan Dubé has been fantastic, especially through one game in this series. So I think the fact that Lucic also has the right parts around him um, is a big piece to all of this as well. If the Flames were to go deep at all, and, you know, hockey's kind of all about sustainability, like how long can you keep the positive wave of momentum positive? Um, If the Flames were to go deep at all, like do you see kind of Lucic keeping this up all the way throughout the playoffs or maybe even within this star series, does it kind of peter out um, and he kind of trends back to his normal, I guess, regular season self, which which wasn't the most impressive? I think that um, it'll... I, I think he'll be okay. I don't know if he'll necessarily take a dive, like a plummet back to regular season Lucic, or if he, you know, his cold streak will be like one game, without, one or two games without a point sort of thing. But, um, you know, you hit on the fact that he has all the right pieces around him, which I think will prevent any sort of, Uh, regression and it seems like he loves being the one guy that the flames have on their roster who's actually won a cup like yeah you know normally that would be a negative situation and you're lacking leadership blah 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 leadership and experience Um, but it seems like Lucic is really thriving on being the one guy so um, you know even if he's not producing points like he is right now at a point per game um, I think the the leadership and I guess the intangibles the cliched intangibles um, that's still, you know, that's still contrib- a contribution to the team and a, and a positive one for sure. So um, hopefully your boy keeps it up. I like 2011 Lucic on the Flames. I can, yeah. I can, I can live with that. Me too. And I don't think I'll ever get tired of it. But still ahead in the show, we look at a record-breaking night in the NHL last night. Tampa Bay and Columbus's Game 1, which went all the way to a fifth overtime. Plus, we get you ready for game two between the Flames and the Stars. 
Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. Don't forget to follow our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. I don't even know where to begin with the Lightning and Columbus game. It's like... <laughs> it, <laughs> There's it was so many, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. And like I mentioned in the Flames game while I was working, we have the TVs at work and I turn my head and it goes from 2 nothing to 2-2 out of nowhere. I turned my head once and the game was the Lightning and Blue Jackets game was in their first overtime. I'm like, oh, cool. Like we have overtime playoff hockey. That would be fun. And then, you know, go back to work, do my thing, turn my head again. And it's in like the fourth or third overtime. <laughs> and I was like, where is this going? And then it felt like my shift felt like it lasted longer than the game, which is probably false. But um that thing was endless and it, like it literally took over six hours to play, uh, which was insane. And there's, you know, there's so many records and, and stuff that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if you're Columbus, like, like it doesn't feel like Columbus lost the game. Like it just, no. it's like, Oh my God, we were just a part of history kind of thing. Like who really cares about the result, but the result still matters. Cause now Tampa's up one, nothing in the series. So um, it's just, you know, it's a, it's a bizarre situation. Like one of those, it's not once in a lifetime, maybe, but uh, a, hockey rarity for sure yeah and poor seth jones felt <laughs> so bad i got home and it was um double overtime and i was like okay like you know this is gonna end soon and they showed like uh, a graphic on the screen that showed his uh playoff history or it was like 20 minutes was like his average time on ice and he'd already like racked up like close to 40 at that point and I was like, oh, my God, his poor legs. And then he finished with 65 minutes and six seconds. And I was like, his poor legs are jello. Somebody needs to carry this man back to his hotel room. Yeah, that's an NHL record, too, by the way, the yeah. 65.06 of time on ice. Like, <sighs> Low-key, the, the most valuable player right now on both the Lightning and the Blue Jackets is either the team nutritionist or, like, the team <laughs> strength person because – I was thinking about like those people must have been scheming all night last night as this thing was getting into the third and the fourth overtime of just like, how do we help these guys recover? Like, what are these guys like what? I wonder how much they ate after the game. If they ate maybe like thousands of calories or if they just yeah. ate maybe a banana and then went to bed and slept it off. Like, I don't know what these athletes do to take care of themselves, but they obviously would have had to do something completely different than what they were used to just because they obviously played a lot more than they were used to. Uh, another record that was set yesterday was uh, Jonas Corpisalo setting the playoff record for saves with 85 saves. And that's a ridiculous number, like <laughs> 85 saves. Um, so yesterday, like post game, I saw a tweet that said they, they'd they only eaten one meal that day and it was at 9 a.m. So like 12 hours later-ish, mm-hmm. they're they're getting their second meal of the day so i hope that it was something delicious and amazing and what they deserved (laughs) but both goaltenders were absolutely lights out i really thought that uh tampa was gonna get 100 shots on goal and i was very nervous i was like you know that'd be cool to see that would be cool to see yeah but like it's, 85 saves. Holy it's nuts. Smoke. And you talk about the food and the eating. I read an article today where uh, Gord Miller, who did the play-by-play for NBC, he was explaining that, you know, the Gord what call, himself was just calling the one game, but he was working, I believe, with Mike Milbury and Brian Boucher on mm-hmm. NBC. And Mike and Brian had to do 
the the Hurricanes game after this Lightning game, um, which obviously was postponed. But um, Gord told a story that he looked over at Mike and Brian, who were supposed to do the second game, and like during one of the overtimes, Mike Milbury was literally like carving a steak and eating steak as play was going on, as Gord was calling the play. So. I mean, That's so Mike Milbury. Everyone who who had to work that game, like, definitely got their overtime in for yeah. sure. So, but you're right. I thought the exact same thing when I read that. I was like, well, that's the Mike Milbury story if I've ever heard one. Yep. Um, this does kind of open the door, like, if you wanted to. Um, any chance you want to get rid of the unlimited overtime in the NHL playoffs? Like, would you want to do something where maybe after two overtime periods we go to four on four and then three on three? Um, or are you liking where we're at and you just want us to keep it as is? I don't know because like I was talking with a bunch of the pucker up Bruins girls last night about this and we were like you know obviously you can't have these games going on for six hours this isn't a baseball game you know it's a little bit more intense and um, the lightning and blue jackets I feel like would be you know they had to play it they had to do all of that work so why would they change it sort of thing right i don't it just doesn't seem fair i guess but i think three on three would be more realistic no shootouts please no shootouts no absolutely not if i can't i hate how games are decided on a skills competition i think it's absolutely ridiculous but three on three is perfect, I think, heading into a third overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, if it does have to go to the fifth, I think that uh, the goalies should just like start shooting pucks at each other. Nice. That's, yeah, like there's so many different ways we could fix this and resolve this. Maybe the coaches put skates on too. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of in the boat of keeping it the way it is, which like is like yesterday I was on my old man couch about something else. And now today I'm <laughs> on it again, just wanting everything to stay the same. Um, you know, I was kind of explaining to someone last night about how, how much like publicity literally the NHL has gotten from this. Like, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine they led ESPN sports center this morning in the States, which is a rarity, even like in the Stanley cup designing yeah. game, I'm not sure if ESPN leads with hockey. So like the amount of publicity they get from this five overtime game is amazing. And like, let's be honest, it's only the fifth game to go to the fifth overtime. So, you know, I'm not sure we're necessarily arguing over like the players working too hard or anything like that because it doesn't happen too often so um, I'm in the boat too of of you know it's playoffs like I kind of want it I definitely don't want to shoot out like I'm on I'm on your side with that one as well um, three on three I'm I'm more okay with but even in the playoffs I'm, I think I just want to leave it to five on five and, and let the players figure it out themselves so once again on my old man couch keeping everything the way it is no no changes allowed yeah, definitely. Um, I think, you know, I definitely do feel like an old man yelling at the clouds sometimes when I talk about hockey, especially when I'm just like yelling into the void of the internet and I'm not necessarily like with my friends. <laughs> but um, I just, I, I wouldn't even say like I'm a hockey traditionalist, but you know, let's keep the tradition what it is for right now right and we've talked about this before like the nhl's biggest draw is their playoffs like that's their brand is playoff hockey yeah um and you know the overtime the long overtimes is you know just one of the layers of of what playoff hockey is and why it's so great and why we all love it and all that so um i'm a big fan of the regular season three on three like you know that's just almost logistics at a point where you know teams have to fly and travel so you want to get them out of the building kind of on time 
Um, and this whole thing about the Hurricanes game being postponed and using that as an argument to change the playoff overtime format, like this is never going to happen again. You know, barring another pandemic, knock on wood, we're not going to be playing in a bubble again. So therefore, you know, normally like this game would have been played in Columbus or Tampa and there would be no one else using the arena that night. So it could technically go on forever without any implications. So um, that was just kind of a, one of the oddities of it. I don't think it's an argument as to why overtime should be changed at all. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, this was this whole playoff format or really situation in general is probably hopefully never going to happen again regarding like a pandemic or anything like a bubble. So we can just keep keep it the way it is and not risk anything <laughs> and hopefully the flames keep it the way it is because they've been playing really well uh coming up tomorrow we won't have a preview show before the game we're going to have a reaction episode after game two just a few short minutes after the final buzzer um just a quick prediction from you the flames have lost 10 straight game twos as i mentioned earlier dating back to 2004 does that streak end tomorrow night yes or no yes in overtime Yes, in overtime. Well, if Jess is wrong, you can go and yell at her on Twitter. She is at Jessica Belmosto. I am at Sean underscore Lavery. I'm not going to give a prediction because I'm a coward and I don't want anyone <laughs> yelling at me on Twitter. Uh, be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll get the latest episode of Locked on Flames as soon as it's available each and every day. Don't forget to subscribe and listen to Locked on Stars with Josh Clark and Kevin Nash. As the two of those guys will have you covered from a Dallas perspective all series long. If you want to hear Stars fans kind of complain and moan about how physical the flames were head over to locked on stars jess thanks so much for today uh, thanks for listening everyone and we will chat tomorrow after game two